number nine. And they came to the place where God had told him of. Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order. Bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of the heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Giving your children back to God. I know we've got some specific babies we're giving back to God. But may I remind you, this message can touch every heart and every family in this church tonight. If you've already done this, you need a reminder. And so this service can remind you what you told God you would do. So tonight, if you've not done so, then we hope and pray you will. Let's pray again. David Lane, how about you praying? Amen. You be seated. Have you ever given your children back to God? Truth is, there's not a parent here who has a few moments or days when they wouldn't have liked to have packaged that child back up, took it back to God and said, I want a refund. A little boy came home to his mom and said, Mom, what would you like for your birthday? She said, I would like three well-behaved children. Little fellow said, then there would be six of us. I'm not suggesting that you return your children back to God to get your money back. But why I'm asking you, have you ever given your children back to God? Have you ever really recognized the fact that children are a precious gift that God allows us to have? There is this thought that we have ownership of them. No, you have a stewardship of them, not ownership. They never have been yours. You have just been chosen to be a great steward over their life. And understanding that, we need to release ownership back to God. Understanding that God is responsible for the way He designed them and the great plan he has for their life. But what we do when we bring our kids back to the Lord is saying, Lord, help me to be the parent I need to be until they are adults themselves. And we place them on the altar. There's many examples in the Bible. Hannah brought her son Samuel back to the priest, to Eli to raise she said, I and this child I prayed for, the Lord had given me my petition, what I ask of him. Therefore, I also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he shall worship the Lord there. Joseph and Mary brought the infant Jesus back to the temple in Luke 2.22. 2, 
when the days of our purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him unto the Lord. But the example that I chose and feel the Lord allowed me to use is Abraham offering Isaac back to the Lord. In Genesis 22, we see that God required something of Abraham. Now, I understand something. When we read this, we say, what, what kind of a God would ask such a thing of a parent? The kind of God that loves Abraham and loves Isaac. That's what kind of God he is. See, Abraham loved Isaac. He said, take your son, your only son, whom ye love. The key was this. Isaac had been that miracle baby. Could you imagine this? Sarah was 90 and Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Could you imagine that? Immediately, immediately, that little boy become the love of Abraham's heart. Very quickly, very quickly, that little boy stole Abraham's heart. Don't miss this. I think that's one of the reasons I love being a grandfather. When you become a grandfather, a grandparent rather, our grandchildren quickly steal our hearts. We love our children. But if we could have grandchildren first, we might just forego having children, period. We love, because grandchildren have a way of stealing our hearts. And this is what happened. But just try to put yourself in the place of Abraham. What if Abraham had decided, I'm just not going to do this. He would have forfeited all that God had for Isaac's life. But because Abraham obeyed, he gave Isaac back to the God and Isaac received the fullness of all of God's plan for him. Isaac became a wealthy man. Isaac became the forefather of God's own son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaac's life still has impact and blessing on millions of people worldwide and his offspring because Abraham obeyed. And so, may we learn today Abraham's great lesson talk here. And may we realize when that God has entrusted us with a precious gift. Could I have every parent's attention now, every grandparent's attention? One of these days, you're going to leave this world and be certain of one thing. All the things that we're living for these days in our society, cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, trinkets, toys, everything, you're not going to take any of it with you. But I'll tell you this much, you can take your children and take your grandchildren with you. And so... We understand how important that is. First of all, let me show you four things 
that Abraham did, giving your child back to God. First of all, it's a confirmation of your love for God. When we do this, we're simply saying this. I love my... Ch- I mean, love you, children. I love my children. I love my child. But God... But God understands something. I love you more. I love you more. I love you so much that I want the best for my child. And that means loving you first and foremost. The Bible says in Matthew 10, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and falls after me is not worthy of me. What he's simply saying, he's not saying don't love your children. That's not what he's saying at all. What he's saying he said, I want your love for your children to be here, but I want your love for God to be here. He said, I want you to always keep that priority right. He said, I want you to always love God more than your children. See, a child's a gift from God, as I said. child does not really belong to you. child belongs to God. You have been given the privilege to love and train this child. But the child's not yours. I, I, I'm, I fear that we, we're missing this so much. We get God's divine order. God's got divine order about everything that he does. And, and it's amazing when we get that order wrong, we get everything else wrong. Because we need to love God first. Moms and dads, love God first. Then love each other. I told our parents I met with earlier today, Something's going to happen in about 15, 20 years or maybe later or maybe sooner. They're going to leave. And you don't want to look across the room and say, who's that person that I used to know? You want to maintain that. And so first of all, he says that we are to confirmation of your love for God. How many of you want the best God's got for your children? I want God's very best. And to do that, when we bring these children down, we're simply saying, God, here's this child. I want the very best for this child, this child's life. You've got a plan for them. Hallelujah. These children that are running around here now, about a year old or two years old, God sees them when they're 16 now. God sees them when they're 18 now. And God's got a plan for them. And I want God's plan for their life. I want God to use them and mold them and make them and and bless them. Number two, giving your child to God is a clarification of ownership, as I've already said. It's a clarification of ownership. That child's mine. Well, not really. Not really. Truth of the matter is, We don't have ownership of life. God gives life. God takes life. And life belongs to Him. It doesn't belong to us. Not even the life of your children. That's the reason why, I'm just going to just bust it wide up. That's the reason why abortion's sinful and murder. Life's not theirs to decide. That life's given by God. 
And that's God's life. And we have the privilege to love and to train these children. My, the Bible says uh, that children are a precious gift. Uh, lo, Psalms 127, that lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. And lo, our children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. We'd better be careful how we treat God's property. I can't prove this. I can't prove this. But I hate, would hate to, to stand before God one day and give an account for what some of these child abusers is going to stand and give an account for. Because you better be careful how we treat and care for God's property. Let me just go ahead and say it. God did not authorize the state to raise your children. God did not authorize daycares to raise your children. God authorized mamas and daddies to raise your children. Several years ago, Hillary said, it takes a village to raise a child, but she was wrong. Not only on that. Anyway, let's move on. It, she, she was wrong. It takes a mom and a dad loving God and loving each other to raise a child. First of all, giving your child to God is a confirmation of your love for God. It's a clarification of ownership. Number two, and this is number three, this is what the big one that I want to stick here just a little bit. It's a commitment to raise your children God's way. Ephesians 6, 4 says this, And you fathers... And your fathers, and your fathers, are you listening? Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. To give your child to God is not just a ceremony, it's a commitment. It's a commitment that we are going to be godly parents. That means parents dedicated, right with God, loving God. We're going to teach these children to love Christ because they need to be saved. We're going to keep these children in church. I love our bus ministry. And, I, and when we run in buses, we're trying to help them, but here's the truth. Not on the bus, but with you. Now, I thank God for our bus ministry. I'm not building it out. I'm just simply saying, God's plan is keep your child in church and they need to come with you. Oh, not only that, love your children. Love your children. Even, even and understand, loving our children, listen, loving our children means discipline our children. I, somebody said, well, I, I'm not going to spank my child. You don't love that child. You don't. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about beating the youngin. I'm talking about raising them up and when they need to be disciplined, discipline. I don't think everything deserves a spanking, but there's some infractions need a good spanking. And I know, I know people say, oh, you're just too old-fashioned. I want to tell you something. If you don't discipline now, you'll raise a monster when they're 16, 17 years old. Trust me. 
and they'll run you out of the house, and you'll be able to get one of the places to stay. See, the reality is, if we love it, the Bible says God chastises those that he loves. And if you're not chastised, but you're a bastard and not son, God chastises, God loves us so much that he'll chastise us to help us stay right. My daddy believed in that fully. Had no problems with that one, one bit. Amen. I had an old-fashioned daddy that didn't hesitate one bit believing every single word of that. Now, I look back now, and as an old man, I thank God for my upbringing and the fact that my daddy taught me and disciplined me when I did wrong because I, you say, he said, well, you're hurt your self-esteem. It wasn't my self-esteem that was hurting at all. It wasn't my self-esteem. He's a lot more than that. We're not going to discuss that, okay? And so you love this child, and even, even if loving them means disciplining them, letting God discipline you. Because if you won't let God discipline you, then odds are you won't discipline them. If God can't correct you, probably won't correct them. See, the reality is, we are literally to love our, these children. We need to pray for these children. We need to pray for them. When do we start praying for them? The, the moment they pop out. No, I take it back. We need to, we need to start praying for them the moment you recognize I'm pregnant. You need to start praying for them right then. And you know what? As they get older, you just pray more for them. You just pray more. You need to train these children. I love this. Moms and dads, make your home a holy place. Make your home a holy place. Put away ungodliness. Live righteous lives. Some people think Baby dedication, some magical ceremony. No, this little ceremony means nothing. It means zero if you're not making a sincere, lifelong commitment to raise this child God's way. It's just, it's nothing. The, the reality is, it's not a ceremony, it's a commitment. Joshua 24 saying, now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. If it seem evil unto you, serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. I love this. But Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That ought to be the motto of every mom in there. For me and my house will serve the Lord. I want my family to turn out right. And so as a parent, I've got to lead right. Man, that's the kind of commitment God's looking for in parents today. Not only a confirmation, a clarification, and a commitment, but giving your child back to God is this. It's claiming God's plan and promises for your child's life. 
Isaac inherited the blessing, the protection, the promises of his dad, Abraham. And gave, when Abraham gave him back to God, he got all the inherited blessings. Genesis 22. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as stars of the heaven as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate his enemies, and in thy seed shall thy own nations of earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Your children, sir, sir, your children are blessed by your obedience, are cursed by your disobedience. Ma'am, ma'am. Your children are blessed by your obedience or cursed by your disobedience. Powerful stuff. They have a free will. I understand that. But you stake the odds in their favor or against them by the way you live. As you obey God with your life, as you give your children back to God, God you, they can receive God's best. Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. I understand this. Trust me, I understand this. When a child gets to be a certain age, 16, 17, 18, you're not going to tell them what to do. They become an individual. And the truth is, they're not all going to make right decisions. But if you trained up a child in the right way, the Bible says they'll never depart. They'll always remember that. They'll always remember that. And here tonight, maybe you didn't have the privilege of that. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you'd say, I, I, I didn't have a mom and daddy that was live for God, serve God, or do anything else. That much right then here's what you've got to do. You've got to be a generational warrior. You've got to step up and say, you know, my grandpa didn't do right, my daddy's not done right, but I'm going to do right. You've got to step up. You've got to step up and say, regardless of what my mom and daddy's done, they didn't do right, but I'm going to do right. You've got to be a generational warrior because it's got to be in somewhere. And if it never ends, if one generation hands down to the next generation, to the next generation, and it continues on, and nobody steps up to be a generational warrior, it never changes. But here tonight, maybe this could be the first day for some of you to say, I'm going to be a generational warrior. Every, every family, every family has a generational sin. You take, and I'm not here to do this for you, you do it for yourself. Look back over your family's history and there's a problem. For some, it's alcoholism. It's been, it's all in their life. For some, it's been dope. For some, 
It's sexual sins for some different things. But everybody's got a, a generational sin. And what takes to break that is a generational warrior that say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what we're doing here tonight. So giving your children back to the Lord, it's a confirmation of your supreme love for Christ. It's a clarification of ownership. God owns that child. It's a commitment to raise that child under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And it's claiming God's best and promises for that child's life. Let me, for just a moment, move away from the parents for a little bit. How many grandparents we got here tonight? We have responsibility. We have responsibility to do right because we're imprinting their lives. We have responsibility that one day as they're writing on the table of their heart, they'll call you and say, Hey, Papa or Mama or whatever they call you, what do you think about this? And again, you get an opportunity. So you have responsibility. You have responsibility. Solid Rock Baptist Church, these parents will bring these babies up here tonight to dedicate them to the Lord. You and I have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to pray for every one of these children and their families. We have a responsibility to live right before them. Every Sunday school teacher that teaches these children need to be right with God. You and I need to be right. I need to be right with God. We all need these children. We affect these children because everybody, every one of these children looks to somebody. They're drawn to someone. Every single one of them. And we have an obligation and responsibility as a church that we do right before them. Because mom and daddy's looking for us to be that help for them. So may we do it well. So I'll stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed.